Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Radio Land. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air and on Facebook from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee. Right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now, for you Facebookers, let us know if the volume is working. We have been struggling with Facebook the last few weeks. So if it's working, great. If not, it's Rob's fault. Probably. It's probably my fault. Because I didn't engineer all this equipment. Had I had I put this equipment in here, it would have worked right every time. And I it would have probably been made in the, you know, 1900s. Yeah, it would have been, been made at least last century. When so. did Marconi come up with the radio? I'm thinking 18-something, I'm thinking. Well, we got some of his original equipment here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Especially when you got all the tubes and transistors and all the stuff that has to be replaced. Yeah, they need to bring some uh, electrical students down from Chattanooga State and let them see what, uh, you know, vacuum tubes look like. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't need to, you know, you'll never see one of these in your life unless you come down to the station at WGOW. Where you get the latest and greatest equipment. Hey, according to our buddy, pro fisherman, mm-hmm. Nathan Bell, the sound is working. Sweet. Cool. The, yeah, fir- the first successful broadcast was in 1901. <laughs> there we go. Man, what a what a what a show. What a what a show prep. You like Tw- that, huh? Twenty seven pages of show prep. Now one page is commercial. Is a commercial. So twenty six pages of show prep. There's a lot of stuff to discuss. Yeah, and and I bet you there's some stuff that broke late that you don't even have in there. Probably not. But dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Harvest report. First harvest report of the year. Yay! Velvet hunt. Wow. Statewide, seven hundred ninety one deer were taken. All right, hold on. Seven hundred ninety one. Okay. On the three-day velvet hunt, 791 deer were taken. All right. Hamilton County was uh, in ha- – actually, Hamilton County is number sixth out of all these uh, counties, tied for number six with 22 deer. Bledsoe County was 10 deer. Bradley was five. Grundy was four. Marion was 22. McMinn was six. Meggs was seven. Monroe was three. Believe it or not, Polk County had one. Way to go, Polk. Way to go, way to go Polk County. Uh, Ray was 11, and Sequatchie was number four. Your top five counties statewide on the Velvet Hunt were Williamson, which I found odd, Sullivan, Dixon, Sumner, Giles, and Hamilton. So there you go. Awesome. What did you think about that? Did you get involved in the, the Velvet Hunt, anybody out there? Two six seven one zero two three two six seven one zero two three. I'd love to hear your comments. I've been reading this stuff on uh, Facebook, uh, a couple of websites, TN Deer, and a couple others. 
Uh, there's still people that think it's... Um, there seems to be it seems to be divided into two schools. You either think it's stupid as all get out, or you loved it. And well, I guess the third third is it's not for me, but I don't care if people want to do it. That seems to be the three areas that people come down in. It it amazed me how many people just thought it was just the stupidest idea. Now, the fact that Kentucky's been doing it since 2000, 2001 uh, without detriment to their herd uh, was something that factored into the decision to move forward with this. Well, I'm, I'm glad that TWA is looking around. I mean, I'm in the third camp. It wasn't for me. But, you know, if you got out there and did it and you now have uh, or are about to get a freezer full of venison, good for you. I, that's that's where I'm at. It just wasn't for me, and um, I like that the fact that TDWRA is taking successful programs in other states and trying to implement them here. The velvet hunt one, for example, the crane hunt. We didn't have a crane season until very recently, so I think it's great that our state is looking at uh, other states for some information and some good. Well, sound practices. It's something that we're looking at from the standpoint of, all right, this is, and, and in this case, in the Velvet Hunt, it was brought to the commission by one of the commissioners who had, had been approached by one of her constituents about it, um, unlike some of the people uh, on Facebook that made comments about just, you know, spur of the moment and uh, what were the other terms that, uh, on a whim. Uh, she actually did quite a bit of research before she came to the commission meeting, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of nice to get the information beforehand so you could do a little bit of research. But she ta- she had talked to the DNR in, in uh, Kentucky. She had talked to uh, people in other states where they do this. And she was prepared because there was – she did not walk in there with uh, – I, I would say it was 50-50 which way it was going to go. Right, because and there's what thirteen commissioners. Correct. So, you know, you need obviously over half to get something passed. And, and, and when I say fifty-fifty, it's probably four, four, four that were for it, four that were eh, not really for it, and you had the five in the middle that was like, had never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. And uh, and so, but we were. I I thought it was very successful. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. seven hundred and seventy-one deer, or seven hundred seventy-nine deer, seven hundred ninety-one deer. Um, I just, I thought it was cool. I thought it was kind of cool to get people out there. My cousin, who is a taxidermist in West Tennessee, had one deer turned in, and uh, and so we were actually talking about what you had to do to take care of the. I was going to ask. I mean, how, when you taxidermy, how do you keep the velvet on it if you're going to do a velvet? That, that would be interesting to find out. I mean, the they sent their their horns off to a place in Kentucky that actually freeze dries them. Oh, okay. Because the velvet is nothing more than skin. Gotcha. So, let's go to Nathan. Hey, Nathan, how are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. How Hello. are you doing? Good. 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 So what did you think of the velvet hunt? I thought it was a great idea. Um, 
I looked forward to it all summer long once I found out that it was actually happening. Right. Thought it was a another great chance for us to get out there and enjoy the freedom that we have to hunt our own game. Did were you successful? I was not. Um I had a couple hit list bucks that I've been watching all summer and had an encounter with two of them and just couldn't make it happen. I understand. Did you did you I, did you find it was easier to get closer to those bucks during the velvet hunt? That's one of the biggest complaints I've heard is that the um, the the bucks are in a bachelor group and not nearly as wary as they are when the uh, the rut is on. I don't know. It was it was weird. It's the first time we've ever done it, and it felt like between Wednesday Thursday. It was like Friday they threw a switch and they knew we were out there. <laughs> well, and that's the thing they they're they're so they're so adaptive to uh, new things in their their environment. You throw a bunch of hunters in the woods, even if it's you know a, a a quarter of what's normally out there, things get different out there. And they say, "Well, wait a minute, hold on, what's weird? This is weird. What's going on?" So they get yeah, they, they yeah, get before the hunt that I've had I had some nice deer and I knew what they were doing and I said I'm not going to risk even a slightly risky shot during this early hunt right I had my deer that I've had named and watched for two years I had him at I don't know 40 yards and he was broadside but I would have had to have this is what kind of run into when you take somebody with you who was going to film the hunt, he was broadside at 40 yards, which I'm okay with that shot, but I would have had to have shot not towards my camera guy, but definitely close enough to him that it made me uncomfortable. So I didn't, I liked it not to shoot, and, you know, we'll try him again another day, but it was neat to get to see him in Velvet. It was pretty, pretty neat experience. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I saw one. I saw one picture of somebody that had an arrow stuck through their hand. Oh no! Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you shoot an overdraw or, or not, Nathan. Uh, I the first bow I had had an overdraw. Uh, the second one I have does not. And uh, I'm just I I don't. I, from a safety perspective, I like not having that overdraw. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it it wasn't like outrageously unsafe but it was slightly uncomfortable so i elected yep. not to shoot and we'll we'll work on him again come season but it was neat being out there with fans Good. and getting to see the deer that we'd watched all year long kind of do what he was supposed to but getting to see it was cool well good awesome anything else happening in your world uh we're going to chase geese this morning good luck for you uh, we'll see if we can do something with that. Looking forward to it. We've been burning the roads down all week long scouting for them. So. Are they hard to find? I mean, I hear they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're everywhere. Lots of places you can't hunt them. But, you know, uh, the easiest thing to do is to find agricultural fields that they're coming to and hunt them in the layout lines in early season. But, so that's what we're going to give it a shot for. Well, good luck to you. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, you going dove hunting we'll this afternoon? Dove. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to dove hunt this afternoon. 
haven't decided if we're going to stay the whole afternoon because of the Tennessee game. But right, um, I went out yesterday and looked at some of the TWRA leased fields, and they did an excellent job finding fields this year. The the two that I checked up in this area are absolutely full of birds. Awesome. Well, I hope uh, so, I hope everybody has a good, safe day out there, and, and I wish you much success on on goose and and an early dove. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good morning. I'm got a load of decoys. All right, man. Thanks, Nathan. All right. That would be Nathan Bell, part of the uh, uh, college champion Brian fishing team. Mm-hmm. And now he is, like the rest of us, a civilian out there having to do it the hard way. <laughs> out of our own pocket. We'll be right back. Johnny Sanders outdoors. I said you gotta get up early. Honey, you ain't gonna like it. Cause you can't pee and you Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Do you feel hopeless, withdrawn from life, work, or your family? As if you're a burden to everyone around you or that there's just no reason to live? If this is how you've been thinking, we want you to know there's help. Understanding the warning signs of suicide and knowing there are resources could save your life. Suicide is preventable, and SAVE can help. To learn more about suicide prevention, visit SAVE.org. That's S-A-V-E dot org. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. 
Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means. Grilling and barbecues. You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Hickson Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roasts or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Having fun this opening day of dove season and opening day of goose season. Labor Day weekend, September Uno. What else? Anything else? Anything else? No, those are pretty much the highlights. Well, uh, college football season's kicked off. so uh, I noticed yeah, the, the Mighty Mocks. Yeah, I was, I was wondering how uh, I saw your post on Facebook. Uh, the Mocs play Tennessee Tech, and you're a graduate of both institutions. Right. And uh, did you root for one team the first half and the other team the second half, or how did that work? <laughs> no, I just watched it with interest and knew that no matter what happened, I was going to be a winner. Fair enough. So, no, I mean, in all fairness, I spent more time at UTC than I did Tennessee Tech. So I was rooting for the Mocs. Oh, good. And the Mocs won. And the Mocs won. So. Um. Also, I probably need to address this. Uh, last week's show was a little bit of a struggle. Uh, we had some technical issues, but I wasn't quite with it. And in uh, my apologies, uh, I, I really bought into the mantra: "The show must go on." And for those of you that may or may not have known, my mother actually died uh, just about six hours before we went live. So it was uh, it was uh, it was a struggle last week, and uh, from the show perspective, um, we went through it. It had a lot of callers, and appreciate everybody calling in. But I just was not on. I was not my best, and uh, I probably should have. Um, if it had been earlier, I'd have probably called you and said, "Hey, find find a co-host. I'm not there today." But uh, but I didn't, and uh, did the best we could, and uh, appreciate all the. The, the kind words I received this week, it's uh, it's always tough losing a parent, but there's many people have done it and survived, and uh, and but it was it was a good week. Uh, I had a good send off on Wednesday, and uh, had a lot of family in, and uh, so all that all that good stuff uh, that comes with uh, celebrating one's life, and that's truly what we tried to do was celebrate the life. So anyway, uh, hopefully we're a little bit better this week. Now, you did 27 pages of show prep, and we hadn't got to any of it, so we probably ought to get to it. Well, one of the things, you were talking about uh, the velvet hunts. You said that people were in three camps, that they like it, they don't like it, or they could care less. Well, if you want your opinion heard on one of those three camps, or if you're in a different camp, uh, the TWA is uh, hosting public meetings in regards to deer management in Tennessee. Basically... All the members of the public are welcome and encouraged to attend, and the agency is particularly interested in getting feedback from those who experience impacts, either positive or negative, from the deer management uh, that is done by TWRA. 
the venues are on September 4th at the University of Tennessee uh, West Agricultural Center, and that's going to be in Jackson, Tennessee. September 5th at Lane Agra Park, that's going to be in Murfreesboro. And September 6th at the University of Tennessee Plant Biotech Building in Knoxville, which is so you can either head two hours up to Murfreesboro or two hours up to Knoxville and give your opinion. All of these meetings start at 7 p.m. and go to 9 p.m., so the public are encouraged to attend. So if you've got something that you think is a hot topic for you uh, in regards to the deer herd, you like something, you don't like something, this is the perfect time to let the biologist and other TWA officials know about it. It's interesting to me they're not doing anything in western Tennessee, are they? Jackson. Jackson, okay. Yeah. I, I missed that one. Yeah, Jackson, Murfreesboro, Knoxville. So kind of the, yeah. You know, the biggest complaint I hear from West Tennessee is reduce the number of uh, does that are harvested. Yeah. I, when I first got into this hunting, I was reading the guide all the time sitting in the deer stand because there were no deer around. I had lots of squirrels, but no deer. So I was looking over the guide a lot, and it's like, what, three deer a day in certain parts of West Tennessee? Yeah, it's pretty much unit L. Yeah. Um, I believe it's three deer a day, three doe a day. Uh, so, but the the problem is, is you got so many doe. I know I had a farm in West Tennessee, in uh, Carroll County, and we, and it was a small farm. It was a hobby farm. It was mainly for hunting deer, to be honest with you. But we still lost thousands of dollars a year in, in soybeans and corn to the deer. Mm. I mean, and that, and that, so if you're running a big farm that makes your living off of that, uh, I mean, I know my cousin, they have a they have a small farm as well. It's like 300, 400 acres, something like that. And um, one year, and this would probably have been 25 years ago, I remember them telling me they lost six or seven thousand dollars in soybeans to just deer eating. Wow! And and and, and they've got a way to figure that out. Uh, but I would much rather see a hunter take it and use the meat than to just allow a farmer to shoot it and leave it laying, uh, which is what you do. Right. And and I and I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the. Depredation permits. I don't have an issue with that because I understand trying to control the wildlife and, and, and maintaining your your livelihood. Uh, but I just I'd rather hunters be able to do it. But uh, there there's some discussions about whether the there are certain groups of people down there that really take advantage of the three do a day. Right. So I don't know. Well. If you want your voice heard, again, uh, attend one of the meetings and let the TWA know. So Good. That was in show prep. So we actually have hit show prep. Thank you, Tony Sanders. Because <laughs> some days it's like I've got, you know, I've got show prep and we just <laughs> off, you know. So what else is important to you in show prep? Uh, well, I've got a few other things. Uh, let me look at the things here. We've got some, we've got some idiot outdoors. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We've got dirty hippie news, so we'll be doing that a little bit later. Um, let's see here. What did I really want to hit? What about the fishing? How is fishing going? Uh, fishing's going actually fairly well. Uh, I've got the fishing report. Oh, I've got a, a teleco report too. Uh, this is kind of important. 
Now, my son's going to tell, wants to go to Teleco tomorrow. Okay. Well, with a buddy of his. Is, is that going to affect what whatever your info is? Is that going to affect them? No, not not terribly. Let's see here. Let me find it. I've got to go through seventeen pages. Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven pages. Here we go. It is. Uh, it's been a great year for trout fishing in the Telco area, and the staff at the Telco Hatchery would like to thank everybody for their dedication to the watershed. Uh, with it being the last week of August, the Teleco Hatchery has completed its final stocking of the 2018 trout season on Thursday, August 30th. The Teleco River, Sitco Creek, and Green Cove Pond are all well stocked with nice trout. Uh, the Teleco River was stocked from North River Checking Station down to the campground state line. Sitco Creek was stocked from uh, Warrenfield to the Jake Best Campground. Uh, so there will be a lot of fish in there for Labor Day. They've also get this 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 might be affecting them as a special labor day treat all three areas got their fair share of some amazing teleco trophies so they're releasing some of their brood stock those right. big honking monsters several albino trout as well and many average size rainbows and brown uh, they expect to see a lot of nice fish caught this week so if you catch one be sure and send it to the twra and they're going to keep lookouts for future reports on the delayed harvest starting October 1st. Now, one of the things that came out of the meeting uh, in Nashville last week is we're going to change our stocking schedule, and I believe it was Teleco we're going to change it on. You are correct, sir. Uh, the And the reasoning behind it was mainly the temperature and water flow. Yes. Uh, and so they're, they're making it. Did um, the trout guy, when he spoke to to you did he talk about that as well he sure did uh basically what they're doing is the water this time of year is hotter and it's not really conducive for trout and if you had the added pressure of fishing on top of them it kind of stresses a lot of them out uh there's been some years a couple of years ago we had they had to release everything because they did not have the flow to keep the fish alive in the hatchery because of drought august is traditionally a drier month so is september so what they're what they've asked the TWA to do in a nutshell is to cut off stocking earlier in the year by two or three weeks, but add those two or three weeks to the beginning of the year in February when it's nice and cold and water temperatures are much more stable. So they're taking time off the end of the season, right. but but opening it up earlier. So I I think that's a really great idea, and I would I support the biologist's recommendation. That's just me. When he came to TU, it, it made perfect sense, and it was very logical and laid out. They had a lot of uh, graphs showing the water temperature versus uh, the months and the stability of the water in earlier months. So are they going to, is it, they're not going to, they're not going to stock in August at all next year. Is that right? That is, that is, I believe, what was Proposed. Now, I do remember in the in the discussions, the issue was the flow through the hatchery. Correct. That particular hatchery up at Teleco, it water's diverted directly into the hatchery from the stream. So they're taking uh, X amount of gallons of water going through, and they're trying to sure. keep that flowing. And if that water gets hot, you're you're toast. So. All right. All right. Tony Center's outdoors. We'll be right back. Shut up the dog, stare at the water. I'll say when, hold on, y'all wait. 
Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. A great way to start off the new year is with a subscription to Tennessee Wildlife Magazine. I'm Don King for your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, inviting you to subscribe and learn more about the abundant wildlife in our state. It's chock full of interesting articles and beautiful photography. Whether you like to hunt, fish, or watch critters, visit tnwildlife.org and subscribe today. Welcome back to Tony Sanders Outdoors. Having a good time on this Saturday. I am going dove hunting today. I'm excited. Good for you. I'm sure you are excited. It is opening day. Got my uh, Sweet 16. Oh, bro. Pulled out. The Belgian humpback? The Belgian humpback. We're going to take her out to the field and take her dancing. Oh. I am excited. Now, we've had this conversation before, yep. but we haven't had it in a long time, So, and there may be some new listeners. I remember the first shotgun I bought was a 12-gauge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second shotgun I bought was a 12-gauge. Okay. I've shot a 20. I've yep. shot a 410. I've shot a 28, actually. Okay. I have never shot a 16, but I know a lot of people with what they call the sweet 16, and depending on where you are in the United States, it's more popular in some areas. It used to be really, really popular, but then it kind of faded out, and you were you did have trouble finding shells. I did. Um, I was in, well, I had a 16-gauge that I got when my dad passed away, and it was the only gun he ever used was the 16 side-by-side Stevens, just a cheap western auto top gun i mean it was a mm-hmm. just a just a, an inexpensive gun and um and so i had quite a few 16 gauge shells from him but i just i always liked the 16 gauge uh maybe because i grew up around it or whatever reason but it was bigger than a 20 smaller than a 12 uh had a little more lead than a 20 not as much lead as a 12. So it was kind of that great 
gentleman's gun, so to speak. And uh, and I had always had a desire for uh, a Browning Sweet 16. And ended up with two of them in about a week. <laughs> and I was not intending to buy two, but I ended up with two. Sold one of them, kept one. And uh, I just flat love shooting this gun. I've, it's it, my first gun was a Remington 1100, which I'll still have and still love, and you know that's sentimental for sure because I worked all summer to get it. But man, I I, I came home. I, I said I've got a new girl in my life. <laughs> I told my wife, and uh, and so I do. I do. I just I absolutely love this gun, and uh, it's so much fun to shoot. Now Browning has come out with. Uh, the um, the A5, which is what the mo- actual model is, in uh, 16 gauge, and I am seriously contemplating buying one. I think 16 gauge is making a comeback. I think it was it, it fell out of favor for a little while, but I think it's really making a comeback, and I'm I'm glad to see it. Cause well, my buddies at Sportsman's Warehouse have started carrying 16 gauge shells, uh, which is the only place I've looked for them around here. But they they have they have shells. Which has been uh, a um, a big plus, but when I was in South Dakota pheasant hunting, this is where this was, and this would have been in two thousand five. Um, yeah, I guess it was about two two thousand five or two thousand seven. Okay, went to uh, went to a, a store up there, and as I'm walking through the store, they had twelve gauge, two pallets of twelve gauge shells. Now this is pheasant country, right? They had two pallets of 20-gauge shells, and you walk a little bit further down the aisle, they had two pallets of 16-gauge shells. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're shells. This is awesome. And that's, you know, obviously I won't be using it duck hunting just because I don't even know that they make steel shot. I'd have to load steel shot. But I'm not, I'm, I will, I've got plenty of guns for, for duck hunting and things like that. Uh, but I'm just, I'm I'm stoked. I really, I Matter of fact, there's a there's a society on Facebook, uh, or a page on Facebook called Sixteen Gauge Society, that I I joined and I love it. I just and it, it's amazing how many people you know look out and and shop for the sixteen gauges, and uh, and there's there's a couple of companies that are now making sixteen gauge shells or guns. I mean, again, so, so it's I, I think I think it is an awesome round, personally. Um, you just there are times when you need the 12 gauge, but there are more times that you don't need a 12 gauge. Um, that maybe a 20 is not quite enough. That 16 gauge fit that out, fit that perfectly. You are excited about I getting am. out in the field today. I'm, I, am. I just see you smiling, and everybody on uh, Facebook Live can see you smiling about this. Oh, I mean, I, it's I was I'm, I was like a kid in a candy store last night. I opened up the safe, getting out 16 gauge shells, Jeez. making sure I had plenty. And uh, did you even sleep? Not well, and I know that's 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 really crazy to get this giddy over, uh, you know, standing in ninety degree heat waiting on a bird to fly by. But I am. It's just, you know, I know we had the velvet hunt last year, and and I mean last week, and I get that. But to me, and this is going back forty years. Uh, no, but longer than that. Probably 45, 46 years. I'm trying to think of my age and uh, maybe even 48 or 49 years. But I remember 
when I was a kid and dove season opened on the first Saturday of September. So that was a huge deal. And my dad and, and, and I've, I've told this story. My dad was not a, um, a, um, deer hunter. So deer hunting never even entered my mind until I was in my thirties. So it was just not something I did. Bird hunting is what we did. And so that opening day dove shoot, and we always went to either TVA, I mean, TWRA land, or to some private land, generally up in the Benton, Tennessee area. And I remember as a kid distinctly, my dad, uh, the first year that he had to pay five bucks for me to come hunt as well. You know, before that, they'd let me, because I was in there with a single shot 410. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll never forget because I bought my 12 gauge shotgun when I was, I guess, I had just turned 12. So that would have, and uh, and so we went up and in the place that we were hunting, and like I said, I don't know where he found these places, and uh, but I remember the guy standing at the gate when we were coming in, and it was the same guy that had you know that we i'd seen for the last few years and he looked down at me and of course i'm as proud as i can be with this brand new shotgun and he looked down and said looked at my dad and said that's a man's shotgun he's gonna have to pay a man's price this year oh and that's I cool was, that's I cool was so excited that my dad had to pay five bucks for me to hunt or ten bucks i guess it was five bucks then to you know and, you know five bucks and yeah in 1970 Five seventy six somewhere around in there, you know, that's pretty good money. <laughs> that's a cool. I hadn't heard that part of the story. That's a cool story. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. The whole thing was cool. So and and so maybe that's why I enjoy dove hunting so much. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the fact that it's kicking off the season. Uh, whatever the case is, it is way cool this time of the day. Well, if you're heading out to the fields, the daily bag limit on doves is fifteen. So there's no limit on collared doves, but the bag bag limit on morning doves is 15. So if all goes well, then I am going to be having uh, bacon-wrapped dove tomorrow. Oh, that does sound good. Or I may even go and try to do the jalapeno uh, dove poppers with the with cream, cream cheese, cheese uh-huh. jalapeno peppers, and bacon. Hey, we made it to almost the top of the hour before we started to talk about food. Anyway, that's my plan. And uh, I was at a sportsman's warehouse last night and bought some uh, some needed supplies. Got a got a got some place sit. Got a place to sit. Got um, got the uh, I got a bought a new vest because I couldn't find the one that I bought had last year. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. All right, awesome. So we'll see. I'm excited. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. 
If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Sanders Outdoors. Mm-hmm. I just perusing Sportsman's Warehouse website, and they have eight guns listed under 16 gauge. Very cool. So, is that an over and under? Yeah, it is. I haven't uh, read it and confirmed that it's actually in 16 gauge, but the, yes, there's an over and under there. Oh, that's going to be my next one. An over and under? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a great gun. All right, uh, calendar. We got just a few minutes left in the the day. One thing that's coming up uh, that I didn't put on the calendar, I'm going to read it right from the website. Sorry about that. Uh, Saturday, September 8th, there's going to be a youth hunt out at the Hiawassee Refuge. Uh, All youth must be accompanied by at least a hunting adult of 21 years. It's a great event for the kids, uh, and that's going to be at the Hiawassee Refuge on next Saturday starting at noon. It's a great time for all the kids, and they have such a big time out there. And I've helped out with that a couple of years in a row, and it's just great to see all the smiling faces. And I don't know who's more excited, the the parents or or the kids. To but but they're they're sticking with the tradition of of introducing people to hunting. So it's wonderful. Yep, absolutely. Uh, on the thirteenth of October, the Forgotten Child Crappie Tournament's going to go out of Chester Frost State Park Safe Light. This is to raise funds and money. F- and gather toys for the Forgotten Child Fund. Uh, if you're fishing the tournament, bring at least two toys. They say one. I'm saying two. Be nice. Bring two toys. and Unwrapped and, you know, go all out because it is for the kids. And this is uh, something that sometimes these kids don't get Christmas, and this is the only Christmas they get. So give generously. And if you want to fish the tournament, uh, check out the Chattanooga Crappie Club. They've got a lot of information on that. I'm going to be getting more information uh, about the meetings uh, in the next few weeks. Other than that, uh, let's see here. Dove season opens today statewide. Yay! Uh, Early goose opens today but closes on the 16th. Uh, Let's see here. Will Chenick State let me come shoot around the pond? Uh, As a non-official representative for the groundskeeping staff, I have no idea. So I'm going to say it's easier to get forgiveness than permission, but I didn't, you know, I don't know. Uh, archery opens up uh, the 22nd of this month. Uh, muzzleloader opens up 
November 3rd. Gun season opens up the 17th, and da -da 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 -da, Sandhill Cranes opens up the 1st of December. And I have official confirmation mm -hmm. that Christmas is December 25th. Yes, yes, we can we can put that on the calendar as well. <laughs> That's when you get all your nifty hunting stuff that you want to go use immediately is Christmas. And, and your gift cards from sportsmen that you get to go and plus um, your your Black Friday always sneaky deal. Oh yeah, that they have the one that you save your money and don't tell your spouse about. It's not that far off now, is it? No, it's really not. Oh lord, today's September Uno. Yep. So, yeah, it's coming up quick. I was looking at that calendar over there. That one's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong month. All right. So, uh, good golly, it is September. Don't forget, uh, we also have um, a lot of stuff coming up. And then in the next hour, we're going to get into some dirty hippie news. Yep. We're going to get into uh, some other stuff. We got some wild outdoor news, and it's wild. Uh, and bears. Oh, my. We Oh, my. We have <laughs> We have a few bear. To bear stories to discuss, including in in the uh, state capital of Davidson, Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. a bear. So, and you had a bear that attacked a hunter. Mm -hmm. So I tell you what, something about there's something about hunting something that can hunt back. You got to remember that. We've got about four bear stories yep. that I, I that I've that are local. Uh, several are local, and some of them are southeastern regional. But yep. you know, cool. We'll just, get it on that when we come back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Your heart gets to pumping. Your knees get to knocking. Don't stop that podcast up. now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hour number two on this beautiful Saturday morning. Labor Day weekend. Hope everybody has a great, safe, and holiday. Uh, if you're headed out to the water, slow down. Wear your life jackets when you should. Remember, all kids under 12 has to have one on at any time if a boat is underway. Underway is defined as not anchored or not tied off. It's pretty simple. So drifting counts. Drifting is underway, according to the law. Mm -hmm. So be safe out there, folks. TWRA will be out working hard. Make sure you're safe. Remember, BUI carries the same penalty as DUI, so you don't want to be out there BUI. Yes, you can't. One of the biggest things that we get is people, TWRA boat to pull up and people start dumping alcohol. It's not illegal to drink on the water. No. It is not illegal to drink on the water. It is legal to be drunk and drive a boat. There's a difference. So... Your passengers that are not, you know, captaining the ship can drink away and have a good time. You don't have to pour it out. If you're captaining, you can have a beer, not the beer. Exactly. There's a difference between a and the. Yeah. 
So be careful. Uh, and, and the heat and the water and the all that stuff has a different effect on you than sitting in your favorite watering hole drinking. Uh, to date, there have been 21 boating-related fatalities in the state of Tennessee, 37 serious injuries, and 34 reports of property damage. They've made uh, TDRA has made 65 BUI arrests this year. So it seems like the deaths have been up this year. They have. They have. Okay. Um, so let's not add to that total. Be safe out there this weekend. Be Absolutely. Safe. Have fun. Have fun, but be safe. I think it was Memorial Day. We had zero. Mm-hmm. So let's let's duplicate that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're bookending here, so let's zero it out. Yeah, Labor Day is kind of when everybody, yep. a lot of people put away their boats for the season. So Correct. I don't know why. I mean, it's still much warm enough to boat for another month and a half. Well, yeah, but a lot of people have a lot of going on with kids going back to school, football, hunting, you know. A lot of a lot, I'm sure a lot of guys bass fish during the year, but I, I know personally a couple of guys as soon as dove season opens, their their boat is shrink wrapped, tart I mean it doesn't even see the light of day until February 28th or something like that. So, you know, just be careful out there this weekend, but have a lot of fun on the water if you're heading out this weekend. Now, the 2019 Bassmaster schedule has been announced. Mm-hmm. And once again, the bass group is coming to Chattanooga area. They are. They're coming May 23rd through 25th, and they're going to be going out of Dayton, Tennessee. Dayton, Tennessee. Congratulations to them again. Lake Chickamauga, May 23rd through the 25th. Dayton, Tennessee. Guys up in Dayton, Tennessee. Guys in... That's a collective for all people up there. All have done Have done a wonderful job in turning that into truly a bass fishing mecca. And I was happy to see this new announcement. Uh, this is for the Eastern Open Division, which I believe is one of the qualifiers to get into the Bassmasters Classic. You are correct. So good for them. Uh, where else to see? That's the Eastern. What's in the Central? Anything... Let's see, Toledo Bend, Smith Lake and Jasper, Mississippi River and La Crosse, Wisconsin. Boy, that's up north. Uh-huh. And Grand Lake, Oklahoma. Get Grand Lake Grove. So I didn't, I didn't think they had water in Oklahoma. Apparently, they got some. It must be a ditch or something that's got some water in it. So I don't know how you get all those bass boats in a ditch, but maybe. <laughs> Oh, also right now, going on right now, uh, if you have a comment about uh, fishing regulations, now is your time to let the TWRA know about it. The public is invited to provide comments on proposals. The deadline for sport fishing comments is September 14th. If you want to leave your two cents with the TWRA, go to fishingreg.comments at tn.gov or go to the website and you can find it there. And... uh, you can look at what has been proposed and give your two cents. And according to some of the uh, the distractors, we'll ignore them and move on. Mm-hmm. Do what we want to do. <laughs> uh, some of the which is not true. <laughs> I actually do look at the comments. Uh, what you had uh, mentioned in here is exactly in here. The one of the proposals is moving the dates on the Teleco River. Yep. So I agree with that. So I'm going to give my two cents and say, hey, I agree with that. You want to call your commissioner and tell him? Uh, I might actually, no, I'm going to write, I'm going to go through the fishing comments, but okay. I might I might give my commissioner uh, bend his ear okay. if I can find his number. Um, 
I'll see what I can do on that. So that's one of the things. And there's several other items that are looking to uh, be voted on. One of the things is, uh, one of the recommendations is that from May 1st to, through May 15th, uh, paddlefish may be harvested on Watts Bar Reservoir. Um, so they're looking at a 15-day season for paddlefish. And Yeah, one of the things, and, and I didn't realize this, uh, we... There are people that snag fish. Yes. I'm not sure I like snagging. I don't particularly care for it, but I know of uh, people do it for gar. They take a treble hook and, you know, try and catch gar that way. Um, And obviously they do the same with paddlefish because usually gar are not going to hit something. And paddlefish, they eat plankton, so there's really – it's just dumb luck if you accidentally hook one. So – you know, I don't agree with it, but well, the problem I struggle with is if I snag a fish, I mean, it's dead. It's going to die, most likely. Oh, that's a problem I have with bow fishing. I, I I disagree with bow fishing too, but but now the bow fishing is only trash fish, right? Uh, rough fish, yeah. Technically, the gar. I mean, gar, rough fish, uh, carp. But I mean, I just hate seeing the resource wasted. I mean, just killing it because most people are going to well gar gar eggs are poisonous to humans i know people eat sometimes are they eat, really? yes the roe is actually poisonous to humans the the fish roe the meat itself uh i know some people eat gar and i know there are some people who will eat carp can you get meat off of a gar um not a lot and okay. what what i've heard they do is they make these things called gar balls yeah. and they they make them up that way kind of like a fish breaded fish chunk yeah and um it just doesn't sound appealing to me so i don't i mean i'll fish for them but when i fish for them i catch and release them because i'm i'm not just gonna throw them up in the bank and kill them do you but, lip, do you lip them agar yeah no well i did once once and still have the scar to prove it no that was actually uh i've, I've still got the scar to prove it that i lipped a uh, a pickerel when i was a young kid didn't know i thought it was just a really long green bass and stuck my thumb down there like any good southern boy would, you know, just reached down right in his mouth. That thing clamped down on me, and we had to get hemostats to open him back up, and I ended up with a scar to this day. Bet you never did that again. Nope, nope. Anything that comes out of salt water, I don't care. You know, redfish, I don't care. I'm still picking them up by the gills. I'm picking them up under the gill plate. I'm not sticking my hand in anything that comes out of salt water. And a real funny story, I took a nice lady who had never been uh, saltwater fishing out, fishing the first time. We were wading around in a in a back bay in, in uh out of port aransas texas and we'd gotten into a whole bunch of speckled trout she lands her first one she's pulling it towards her and i see her reaching her hand down i come waiting over going no 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 don't do that she goes why well i i grabbed the fish and uh took the fly out of her its mouth and then i took my hemostats and opened it up and showed her the two very large fangs that would have pretty much impaled her finger and I, I said, good rule of thumb, don't ever pick anything up that comes out of salt water with your thumb in its mouth. It's a good rule of thumb. You can. There's certain species you can do it. But until you figure out which ones those are, don't, don't pick them up that way. That's a good rule of thumb. Tony Sanders cares. Yes. And, <laughs> and he doesn't pick up anything in salt water with his, by lipping it. About the only one I will, they won't even think twice about, I've caught striper in salt water. Um, so, 
I'll lip those, you know, I'll just reach that because I know what those are. But, you know, they're they're pretty easy to tell when you catch a striper, you know, like, hey, it's a striper. Cool. What oh. else? Uh, well, I got some, I got a weird, weird story here. We don't have time. Oh, okay. Which one is it? That one. Uh, okay, we got time for that one. Yeah. Uh, this is actually out of my hometown of Warwick, Rhode Island. A resident. Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're admitting to being a Yankee? Well, actually, Warwick is where uh, my aunt lives and a couple of my cousins. And uh, when I go visit, it's out of Warwick. And Warwick, and, and then I go up to Seekonk, Massachusetts. Um, but you're admitting being a Yankee. Well, yeah, I lived there. You just there. called it your hometown. I lived there for a little bit. Uh, Tom Wallison was jigging for fluke, which is, you know, kind of like straight down drinking. Jigging. Drinking. Dr- anyway. Do you say straight down drinking? Drigging is what I said. He was straight down jigging for fluke uh, in Greenwich Bay, and he landed a 10-carat gold ring, which kind of was a fluke of its own. According to the Warwick Beacon, the man's class ring was engraved with SMS followed by RC, and the date on the class ring was 1919. And he managed to accidentally snag this from the bottom. He says he catches a lot of weird stuff, but he's never caught something that weird. So. I, I guess uh, there's no one still alive from... What's the oldest person now? 110? Probably thereabouts. Okay, so they're dead now. That's pretty cool. That'd be kind of cool if we could find their family. Yeah. Take some research, but yeah. But you never know what you're going to find out in Greenwich Bay. No. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, good deal. All right. It's time to go pay a bill. When we come back, we're going to do some of the, the dirty hippie news. How's that? Sounds good to me. We'll be right back. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee. Highway. 
If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. All right, as promised, we're going to get into some dirty hippies. Need the rain to wash these dirty hippies off. Yep. So what do we got? PETA news. Yep, I was going to give you three guesses on what group is doing this. PETA, PETA, PETA. Yep, and the first two don't count because you're right. And I am a proud member of PETA. That'd be people eating tasty animals. Oh, okay. Not the weird wacko PETA. Okay. People eating tasty animals, which I hope to do tomorrow. Tasty jalapeno cream cheese bacon wrapped dove would be on the menu. That's the plan. My mouth is literally watering over here since you've been well, saying Well, I will. Uh, oh, no, you won't be in town tomorrow. So, darn, I can't help you out and cook you some <laughs> jalapeno popper dove. Oh, sorry. Mm. Anyway. But according to Peter, we shouldn't even be eating the animals. This animal rights organization has placed anti-fishing ads in, get this, Key West, one of the world's top fishing destinations, uh, saying fish suffer horrendous deaths on boats. Yes, they do. Right before they go into the skillet, you idiots. Yes, the ad... Is this idiots outside or dirty hippies? Dirty hippies, because they're dirty hippies. Okay. Look, don't cook, reads the ad. Enjoy fish without eating them. No, I don't think so. Sorry. People, uh, PETA and people for the ethical treatment of animals chose this location and want people to go vegan. They say they chose Key West because it's one of the top snorkeling destinations. But unfortunately, Key West is also one of the top fishing destinations. They say just as humans do, fish feel pain. And there is scientific data to oppose that. There is a lot of data, so they're pretty much lying right there. Uh you're saying fish don't feel pain? There are there have been studies that prove fish don't feel pain. There have been studies the jury's still out and they're stating this as fact and it's not fact. They're wrong. I'm just pointing it out. Uh probably half of the residents in uh Key West survive off of fishing and the one of uh one of the tourism uh vice presidents of the Charter Boat Association said this is a fishing town and that's what we do. Um so Basically, the people at Key West are like, you know, great, come on down, spend your money by putting up these stupid ads, but we're going fishing anyway. Uh, They say that, PETA says that the fishing industry supports the abuse of fish. I don't abuse them, I bring them up, and then we eat them. Now. You don't think eating them is abusing them? No. Okay. 
Just check. No, I think it's a good use of resources. Um, also in the news, PETA is also... Another PETA story. Another PETA story. This time they're up in Maine. Up in the great... Great White North of Maine. I did see this. Okay. Oh, God, how stupid are these people? PETA wants to erect a five-foot tombstone marker at the site of an August truck crash that spewed lobsters onto a main road. They want to memorialize the countless sensitive crustaceans that were killed during the August 22nd crash in Brunswick, Maine. I like Maine lobster. I do, too. They taste really good. The gravestone would read... In the memory of the lobsters who suffered and died at this spot, go vegan. The crash references the involved truck carrying 7,000 pounds of lobster. That's a lot of lobster. After the truck rolled over and traffic backed up for several hours, they attempted to clean up the streets of the crustaceans. They said several lobsters were crushed in the crash. (gasps) One would think so because it was a crash. PETA says they want to erect this uh, tombstone in hopes that it will discourage passers-by from eating sea creatures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the week before that, now, I don't know if people you, People don't know how hard it is to do some of these stories with a straight face. Yeah, I, the week before, uh, last week, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Maryland and had the wonderful Maryland blue crabs. They are awesome. They're such sweet meat. I love going up there. I can eat my weight in those. They put up a, another uh, billboard in Baltimore saying, with a picture of a blue crab on it saying, I'm me, not meat. Go vegan. Yep, sure. Okay. Bunch of hippies. Long haired. Tree hugging, otter scrubbing, crystal wearing, long haired Democrat communists. Okay. Good. Go home, hippies. All right. Leave me alone. <laughs> what else do you... I'm all, you're on a roll, man. I'm going to let you go on, man. All right. Well, uh, let me find... Uh, where's my weird outdoor news? Oh, this one. Um, here we go. A North Carolina woman was expecting a package on her doorstep last week, but instead she found an unusual note from the UPS driver in her mailbox. The driver left Marcy Lanier a failed notice delivery explaining that there was, in very simple terms, bear in driveway. Now, I thought it was neither rain nor sleet nor darkness of night nor big-ass bear will prevent us from delivering all this stuff. That's the Postal Service, not UPS. Oh, I thought they took an oath, too. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> they took an oath not to be mauled by a bear. Okay, well, fair enough. Anyway, inside, uh, she put this on Facebook and shared where, it with lots where, of her Where friends. did you leave the note? In the mailbox because they didn't drive up the driveway because of the big ass bear. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, she put it on Facebook and it's gone viral. Um, a lot of people are saying that, you know, maybe the driver should have just bared with it. Oh, you mean there's puns, uh, puns happening? Yeah. Uh, one man claimed he would have wrestled that bear to deliver the package. He needs a job at UPS. Uh, they said it's not an uncommon uh, site in Asheville, North Carolina. They have bears there all the time, and, uh, you know, not a big deal. It's, it's, a, it's a frequent event, but y- usually they don't get a note in your mailbox saying delivery unavailable due to wild animals. So, Might have been a new, new driver that wasn't sure exactly what he, had, he could and could not do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bear. Yep. 
Uh, a black bear was spotted in Davidson County, which is Nashville, up in Jolton, Tennessee, specifically, uh, for the first time in more than 100 years. The bear was caught on a trail camera in Jolton, not far from White's Creek Pike. I kind of find that interesting. There's not typical bear habitat around Nashville. No. Um, it says here, uh, it was the first sighting of a bear since the late 1800s, said Barry Cross of the TWRA. Uh, he thinks it could be the same bear that was spotted in Logan County, Kentucky on August 11th and later in Clarksville on the 25th, uh, all of which are about 30 to 40 miles apart. Uh, he said it's very possible it's the same animal because they travel 10 to 15 miles a day, and a 40-mile trip is not out of the question at all. So maybe the bears are making a comeback in more of Middle Tennessee, so... A bear was also spotted in Putnam County uh, earlier this year and Smith counties in June and July. It is illegal. It is illegal to kill a bear in Middle Tennessee. They do not have a hunting season, so if you're listening to us on uh, iHeartRadio or Facebook Live, if you're from Middle Tennessee, it is illegal to kill a bear in Middle Tennessee. But if you see a bear, go to TWA website. There's a place there that says, I saw a bear, report where and when, and they would really appreciate that information. Cool. So, uh, you want another bear story? Have you got another one? Yeah, if you'll bear with me. Um, you've, been, you've been waiting all morning. I have been that. waiting all morning on that one. Uh, let's see here. Somewhere in here. Give me a second. Basically, there was a hunter who had shot a bear with a bow and arrow. And I want to say it was in California as soon as I find the story, going through 27 pages. Here we go. A black bear was struck by an arrow in Southern California, and the hunter was mauled as he approached the animal to get a closer look. The San Francisco Chronicle reported this week that an unidentified hunter suffered serious injuries during the mauling on August 24th in the San Bernardino Mountains. He was hospitalized. Uh, He had injuries to his upper torso and face, The hunter was joined by two others at the time and reportedly believed the bear was dead when he approached the 300-pound animal. The bear later died, but the hunter's condition was not immediately known. So it is legal in Southern California to hunt bear. He shot the bear, ran up to the bear, and the bear wasn't dead yet. How many people do you think um, have said good good for the bear? In California, probably a lot of them. Half of them? Yeah. Yeah. So... Be careful out there, especially when approaching wounded or, I think, you know, dead animals. We had a story, what, two years ago, where a guy went up to um, an elk that he had shot. Yep. And the elk was was dead or dying and twitched and proceeded to stab the guy directly in the heart. Kind of the Swung his antlers and killed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful with this stuff. Uh, let's see here. I got an otter story. Mm, we need to take a break. Okay. We'll, we, we'll are you that. saying we ought to do that? Get me out of here, please. We'll be right back. <laughs> Leaves are turning. 
If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Coming straight to the phones. It sits above the man on a couple Hall of Famer. Pat Rose. Tony Sanders, good morning, y'all. Rafatul, how you doing, brother? Doing good. How about yourself, sir? Oh, doing good. Missing you guys, man. That's what I was going to call and tell you, Tony. I didn't know if you heard or not, but tonight in Oxford, Alabama, at the Oxford Civic Center, uh, my partner and I, Randy Rose, the Rose Cousins, gets inducted to the Alabama Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, man, and I totally excited, totally honored, totally humbled. Uh, Camden, Ron Painter, uh, my buddy Scott Hemsley gonna make the trip today. I, I was going to ask you how excited is Camden? Oh, he's beside himself. He loves his dad. He's proud of his dad, and that just makes me. I, oh my God, my heart's just. I love days like today right? where my son can actually be proud of me and what we've done in professional wrestling. We tore Alabama up, Tony. Right. We're talking, we're talking about Birmingham from getting in fights, having to pull a boy over the guardrail and beat the crap out of him. Come to find out he had a gun on him. Well, it was in Alabama. Everybody had a gun on him. Oh, my Lord, man. But, oh. But Birmingham, Montgomery, Dothan, uh, Mobile, the whole deal. We Alabama was our state, man. We just we just had a blast down there, and I hope a lot of the fans from Alabama and around the area show up, and and I'd love to see them again. Even the guy that drew the gun on us, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you never know. He may be there today, Pat. So, congratulations on your uh, your Hall of Fame induction. Yes, That's sir. awesome. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you so much. You guys got any fishing in lately? Rob's fished all year. I fished pretty much all summer. Caught, did pretty well. Going to go out and do a little bit more before the season ends. So, I got you guys. Well, man, I appreciate it. Need to come see you sometime. Sounds you good. Guys have a good show, man. You thank too, you buddy. so much. You know where we're at. I do. All right, Pat. see you, Tony. See you, man. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, Charlie. Hello. How are you? I'm excited beyond belief. Why is that? <laughs> because I was the guy that got drawn from Chattanooga for the elk hunt. Oh, cool! <laughs> you are the dude. Congratulations! All right. Congratulations! 
Yes, sir. I'm, I, I was actually watching it live, and I just, whenever it said my name, I was like, hi. I mean, I just screamed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's such an exciting deal, and I am so no. Are you in the... Now, were you? You're not the guy that got that drew the the foundation raffle, right? You're one of the. No. Okay, so you're the. Uh, was were you gun or archery? Which one did you get? Archery. Awesome. So you're gonna get up there early. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Now, I, I, I went up last Sunday. <laughs> sweet. Now, uh, Charlie, if you need somebody to carry your stuff, I, I am for hire, <laughs> and I'm pretty cheap. So if you need a, a Sherpa for the day, just, you know, let me know. I, I was thinking about taking some llamas, but I, I, I'll consider you. Okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, when, when, is, when is your hunt exactly? Uh, the 29th through the 5th. Okay. Uh, what zone did you have? Uh, um, um, Chestnut Ridge. Okay. So, so what, right along 75 there. So what did you think when you went up there? Uh, well, I just went up there to get familiar with the area, and uh, I, I ended up seeing 10 elk whenever I was walking around. I walked around oh, man. a small portion of it. Uh, all cows, I didn't see any bulls yet, but uh, I, was, I was just trying to get the lay of the land. We're, now, just out of curiosity, did the 10 elk get you a little bit excited? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> are you... One, Especially. Now, do you, or is it, is it, I, and I, I hate I don't know this, is it bulls only or can you take a cow in this, in your hunt? Bulls, bulls only. Okay, bulls yeah. only. Yeah. So find the cows and find the bull right behind it. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> so you, are you looking for a monster? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've pretty much already said that, uh, if it wasn't, if it wasn't a trophy type bull, I'm, I'm good coming back with nothing. Good for you. I think that's a great attitude. I really do. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hunt of a lifetime to to get drawn for that. I mean, you're, I, I don't, I haven't looked at the final numbers. Uh, so you're you're one you're you're one of fourteen that was drawn out of about probably six or seven eight thousand entries. That's pretty. You know, I hope you went out and bought lottery tickets right after that. Uh, that's what everybody told me. I did not, but I, the day that it happened, I had like five people tell me, "You need to go buy a lottery ticket." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no doubt. That's uh, Charlie. That's awesome. And I tell you what, would you do me a favor? Would you come in here to the show after your hunt and talk about it? I would love to have oh. you in here for a couple hours to just talk about what all of you experienced because this is something that many of us never will get to experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, we'll do that and. uh even already, I've already talked to uh, Brad Miller probably four or five times, uh-huh. and he, you know, he's actually said that I'll, I'll come out there and walk around with you, you know, several things. So, so they're they're really, really doing a good job. We and and we want it to be a successful hunt, which doesn't necessarily mean harvest, but we do. Right. We the the agency is really working hard to make this a an unbelievable experience for everybody. So I wish yep. you I wish you much luck. I appreciate that. That's exciting. Did you hear the story about the the guy that won the raffle up in Cleveland? His grandson killed a elk uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I did. That, that's pretty cool too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm excited for you. I I mean that's awesome. I'm hoping to get some elk hair out of the deal. Yeah, Rob wants elk hair. He needs elk hair. <laughs> 
if you'll take me fly fishing as well, so hey. I, I, I do that. I already do that a lot. So oh, uh, deal. You, I'll, yeah, I'll you just out. done deal. Because is it which which <laughs> hair do you want? You want is it belly hair? Belly or back? Elf. Yeah. See, there you oh, go. Oh, okay. Yeah. He. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can you can cut him out a uh, a one a one foot one square foot and that'll last him for years. Yeah. I've three. I usually ask for about a three by five index card in case somebody wants to get it mounted. You know, take it off of some place you're not going to worry about and just you know like a three by five card that'll tie up several hundred flies. So. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I tie, I tie a little bit as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You're going to be set with meat and fur. Man. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> lucked out. Yes, sir. I absolutely did. Well, Charlie, congratulations, and uh, I look forward to your to hunt. And uh, please call in leading up to the hunt. Let us know what's going on, and then definitely we'll get you in here after the hunt just to, to talk to everybody about what it was like. That sounds great. Thank you, I man. appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. All right, bye. I'm envious now. Oh, I am too. What a deal. That's so cool. Good for him. Good for him. You can't beat that. All right. Uh, it's uh, Man, can you believe we're at the final break of the day? No, I cannot. So what are we going to talk about when you come back? we got plenty to talk about whatever you, wherever you want to roll. How many? I've hit more show prep than I ever. Yes, I will give you that. We have hit a lot of show prep today. And, uh, and all of it pretty topical i've got a couple of things that i can talk about uh yep fishing wise and then we'll go over the calendar all right we'll be right back tony sanders outdoors spring will soon be here and you know what that means grilling and barbecue you can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Hickson Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roasts or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Excited. Ready to go. First day of dove season. Going hunting. Going to be going to be doing bacon-wrapped quail poppers tomorrow. Dove. I mean, dove poppers. 
Quail sounds good, too. I'll eat either. If I don't get any dove today, I'll go buy quail and we'll do quail poppers then. Sounds good. All right. Uh, some news on the the fishing storefront. Yeah, we got a couple of stories here. Uh, the Smoky Mountain Fly... Blah, try it again. Take two. Take two. The Smoky Mountain Fly Fishing Festival will be October 13th. It's going to be in Bryson City on the Tuckasegee. There's going to be all kinds of vendors there, including rod demos, fly tying, local flies, apparel, accessories, casting clinics with Fly Fishing International. Uh, for more information, you can look at the Swain County Chamber of Commerce and the town of Bryson City in the Great Smoky Mountains. So check that out. That's coming up on the 13th of October. Also coming up, uh, for those of you coming off the mountain, uh, our local fly shop is closed. Uh, there's a sign in the window of Blue Ridge Fly Fishing that says, We're sorry, Blue Ridge Fly Fishing has officially closed its Chattanooga location. Your gift cards and guided trips are still valid through Blue Ridge, Georgia location. Uh, talk to uh, Chris, the owner, and they're going to be starting Lookout Fly Anglers. You can check them out at lookoutflyanglers.com. They're going to be starting up uh, a new fly shop somewhere here in the area very soon. Usually they are thinking sometime in October, so we won't be uh, equipmentless for all the fly fishers in Chattanooga. So that's where we cool. are on that. Awesome. Uh, coming up on the 8th is the youth dove hunt out at the Hiawassee Refuge. If you're a youth, you need to sign up and register for that or have your parents do it, please. And that's going to start at noon on the 8th. It's a great event for all the kids. Happening on October 13th, the Forgotten Child Crappie Tournament is going out of Chester Frost State or, uh, Chester Frost Park at Safe Light. Uh, entry is uh, one unwrapped toy. Make it two because it goes for a great cause. So if you want to help out with that, uh, Tony and I are going to be the MCs on the way in. So that you be can fun. see us. Yep. Awesome. Got a lot of. Can you believe dust seasons today? Yay! <laughs> Yay! You don't say. I'm excited. You didn't sleep at all last night, did you? Not much. I was excited. I was a little frustrated that my dog's not ready to go as a retriever. Yeah, he's still a pup. Oh, I know. Next year. Absolutely, he'll be there next year. But you got your sweet sixteen all ready to sing. It's ready to go. All right. Awesome. Yeah. She's going dancing this morning. <laughs> Period. This afternoon. Yeah, I was about to say, well, soon. 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 It can't come quick enough, apparently. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm ready to go. That's awesome. So. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Goose season. I've, I've never been much of a goose hunter, but I was talking to Corky, and he said he's got geese everywhere. Hmm. So maybe we go up there and get a Christmas goose. Okay. What? No, I understand the term. I'm just thinking September, Christmas. You, and we established it was the 25th earlier on in the Freezer. Summer. Freezer. Oh. Yeah. I don't freezer. think I could fit one in my... You've seen my refrigerator. I don't think I could fit one in there. That's true. Small. small but I know somebody who has one. I, <laughs> designed for big game. Yep. I got a good friend. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. No, maybe we ought to go out and get some, some geese. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Got to get a, a waterfowl uh, duck stamp. I'm all set. I'm not because I didn't get drawn for crane. I don't have a duck stamp yet. Oh, I'm all set. My drawing, I get to get in the drawing starting what, next week? Mm-hmm. This week? Uh, I think it's next. Maybe next, this week. I don't know. I'll have to look. 
Um, anyway, all right, we're in the last hour. I mean, last minute. Last hour. Last minute of the hour. Last minute of the last hour. I uh, want to, uh, to remind everybody to stay tuned for Outdoors with Cindy. I don't know what's coming up in Cindy's world today, but something is. She's got quite a few guests. Does she? Mm-hmm. She, you know, it must be easier to get guests at 7 a.m. than it is 5 a.m. I've been told that on several occasions. <laughs> Mainly it goes on, you go on at what time? Yeah. In the morning? Exactly. So anyway, it is what it is. But uh, Cindy will be up next, and you guys can get outdoors with her after being outdoors with us. Hey, you know what? This is three hours of outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Sure is. And it was very informative today with all 27 pages of show prep. See you next week. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.